Welcome to the Together for Good podcast brought to you by Bethany Lutheran Church in Cherry Hills Village, Colorado. Our episode today is a recording of the sermon from this past Sunday. This is week two of our sermon series, Because You Asked, and I kind of lay out the details in the beginning, but just in case you missed it, uh, we're talking about forgiveness. The first week of our Because You Asked series, people wanted to know about division and evil in the world. And so it's interesting that now this follows and flows into a sermon on forgiveness. What are we supposed to do about when people wrong us, when the division exists? How do we forgive? So that all works within this sermon. I hope it's helpful to you. Um, I hope it gives you some new ways to think about this call to forgiveness. Uh, And uh, yeah, that it gives you some hope as well. And this understanding of God's forgiveness extended to us again and again. Here it is, though. Here's the sermon from this past Sunday, March the 7th, preached by me, Pastor Nate. As I mentioned during the uh, opening welcome, we are in the midst of a sermon series here at Bethany called Because You Asked. Earlier in January, through those connection cards, by the way, don't forget to fill out your connection card here this morning, we did pose the question to you, what would you want to hear a sermon about? And as we looked at all of the responses and compiled them together, we came across several themes. Last week, Pastor Gary preached about evil and division. Clearly, that's something we're all thinking about these days in the midst of troubling times where it seems as if we're more divided than ever. And this week, this week, we're going to talk about forgiveness. That was another theme that came up through those connection cards And it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? If we're living in the midst of times where everything feels very divided, well then, the next logical question would be, how am I supposed to get along with these people that I disagree with? Where does forgiveness fit into all of that? In preparing for this sermon, I asked myself the hard question of, why are people wondering about forgiveness? Yes, it probably has something to do with that division that we encountered the week before, but I I kind of boiled it down to two key questions, I thought. Maybe I'm wrong, but this is my best guess at what you all are getting at. I'm guessing you might be wondering about forgiveness because of your own personal shortcomings. I think this is a question we all struggle with. When I really mess up, where does God's forgiveness work within that equation? The second question, though, It's a little bit different. I'm guessing some of you are wondering about forgiveness because there is someone in your life who has wronged you, and you're wondering how and when you're supposed to forgive that person. How is forgiveness supposed to work as a practicing Christian? These are good questions, and I think we've got time to talk about both here this morning. But let me begin by saying I can't necessarily clearly answer whatever your specific question may be. The thing about forgiveness is that it's very nuanced, and your particular situation probably has a lot of nuance to it as well, and so it would be inappropriate for me to stand up here and give you some sort of blanket catch-all idea of how to proceed. This is something you'll have to struggle with yourself. You'll have to pray about it, talk with God about it, and see where it all shakes out. But what I am able to give you is some clarity about what the Bible directs us towards when it comes to forgiveness. So let's do that. Let's get into these questions that might be troubling us. We begin with that first question that I think we all deal with at one point in life or another. How is God able to forgive me? When you've really messed things up, 
This can be a very important question. If you feel like no one else will ever be able to forgive you, you start to wonder if God is able to forgive you. So I want to cut right to the chase. If you find yourself in this dire set of circumstances, hear me clearly. God is always willing to forgive those who ask for it. Life is complicated. We all make mistakes. We all sin. And no matter how you put together someone, no matter how put together you may seem on the outside, there are people who are conflicted inside struggling with all sorts of things. We often compare ourselves to someone else thinking, oh, they've got it all figured out. They seem all put together. But I promise you, even that person that's coming to your mind right now has their own inner conflict, has their own sinfulness that they're seeking forgiveness for too. And so it stands to reason that we're not all able to live up to God's ideals. This is part of what it means to be human. We're all going to seek forgiveness at one point in life or another. And as I said, God is always willing to forgive those who are seeking this type of healing and reconciliation. It says, actually, in the book of Romans, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In other words, each and every one of us is going to be in need of forgiveness. And as I've said, God is entirely willing to forgive. In fact, our first reading that Janet read for us from the book of Psalms, Psalm 130, talks a lot about forgiveness in general, and it has this great line. It says, if God was to keep a record of sin, oh Lord, who could stand? Which hints at the fact that God is not keeping a record of all the mistakes we've made, all the ways we've messed up. In fact, God's tendency and mindset is to be more towards forgiving and forgetting about those mistakes. This psalm is built around the idea of God's promise of forgiveness. And the psalm, if you look at the details of it really carefully, it's dealing a lot with the nation of Israel and their unfaithfulness as the people of God. Here is a group that has been led out of slavery by Moses, by, guided by God to freedom, and yet they can't consistently follow God's will. But look at those last lines of this psalm that speak to the limitless forgiveness of God, even to the unfaithful Israelites. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is great power to redeem. It is he who will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. If God can forgive the nation of Israel for their many struggles over the course of the scriptures, we can certainly trust that God is also able to forgive us. But now, there's that added nagging question, isn't there? Great, God forgives me. This is good news. But what am I supposed to do about that person who's really upset me? What are we to do when something has gone horribly wrong with another? In Jesus's day, the conventional wisdom said that you should forgive someone three times. In fact, that's the first part of our gospel reading this morning. It's Jesus kind of laying out exactly how the followers of Christ, the community of Christ, can maintain community. It's with this threefold process of forgiveness. If someone does you wrong, first go to them in private and try and shore it up. Then the next time, bring two or three witnesses. After that, bring it before the whole church. 
This is a threefold process for community that existed long before Jesus made those statements in the gospel this morning. But then, but then along comes Peter's line. It's there at the end of our gospel reading. After Peter listens to this very practical, age-old advice from Jesus about restoring relationships, Peter comes to, to Jesus, and what he says next is so interesting. He says, Lord, if someone sins against me, how many times should I forgive them? Seven times? See, what Peter is doing here is he's taken the conventional wisdom of the day that Jesus has just articulated, and now Peter is more than doubling it. Jesus, I know you said forgive three times, but how about seven times? You see, Jesus, or Peter is a suck-up. He's trying to impress Jesus. He's trying to go to the front of the class and get the best seat in heaven. It's like if a teacher says to you, you know, class, uh, we need you to write a three-page paper. And then there's that one student, you know who I'm talking about, the one student who raises their hand and says, oh, teacher, I couldn't possibly contain all I've learned from you in just three pages. I need to write at least seven pages for this paper. Peter is that student. But Jesus' response is even better. He tells Peter that we are not to forgive seven times. Oh, no, 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 but 77 times. Because Jesus wants Peter to know, and he wants us to understand, that forgiveness can't just be something that we do for our own ego. Forgiveness isn't something to brag about. It's not something that you lord over other people. Forgiveness is a way of life, an ongoing, everyday, never-ending practice. Basically, what Jesus says is that there should be no limit, no stopping point when it comes to forgiving. We don't all have a forgiveness quota that we can't exceed. We're called to be limitless forgivers, just as God is limitless with God's forgiveness of us. But friends, if this isn't sitting quite well with you, that's okay. Because this is the ideal that Jesus articulates for us. This is what Jesus is calling us to live up to and to live into, but guess what? We're going to fail at it. Because forgiveness is really, really hard. Forgiveness takes time. And you can't really forgive someone if they haven't asked for forgiveness in the first place. Jesus said that we are to forgive 77 times, but he didn't say that we have to do it all at once. I think part of the reason that people often wonder and ask questions about forgiveness is because people assume that Jesus' call to practice forgiveness is just an invitation to let everyone walk all over you. But that's not at all what's going on here. That's not at all who Jesus calls us to be. Jesus calls us to do the slow, hard, everyday work of forgiving other people. But Jesus does not call us to just ignore reality. If you're being hurt or harmed, or if someone is denying your child of God identity, then that's not okay. And we're not talking about forgiveness in that moment. Forgiveness isn't just an excuse for evil to run rampant. Just because Jesus calls us to be forgiving people, it does not mean that we should ignore the things that are happening right in front of us. But in the same token, 
if someone asks us to be forgiven, or if someone tries to repair the relationship and you continue to hold on to a grudge, well, then that's something you should probably look at. That's something you should probably talk to God about. When Jesus picked that ridiculous number of 77 times, he was trying to help Peter see that forgiveness needs to be a way of life. It's not just a rule that we blindly follow. It's not just an opportunity to show off. It's about your heart and what's going on in there. We're called to have a heart like God, to forgive and love and ge- to forgive and love generously and endlessly. But remember, that's the ideal. It's probably not where we're at today. It's the ideal that Jesus is calling us towards, pulling us into that we might become people who can forgive one another as graciously as God has forgiven us. It is a big, hairy, audacious goal, and it's a worthy one. Jesus often does this on a lot of topics. He takes the conventional wisdom of the day, and he makes it even more difficult. In Matthew chapter 5, earlier in this gospel, Jesus makes a whole bunch of statements like this. He says, You've heard it said that you shall not kill, but I say to you, avoid anger and hatred as well. And then a little later, Jesus says, You've heard it said you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you, keep your hearts from lusting also. And then after that, Jesus says, You've heard it said, do not break your oath, but I say to you, do not swear by God's name either. And then today in our gospel reading, Jesus says, You shall not forgive seven times, but seventy-seven times. Jesus constantly makes the rules harder so that we'll learn to rely on Jesus in living up to these ideals. So that's, we can find ourselves at some point along this whole continuum so that we can continue to improve and work towards becoming more gracious, more loving, more forgiving as well. It's an ongoing process, not an immediate response. So today, start today. How can you start down this path of cultivating a more forgiving heart? This is Jesus' invitation to us to slowly live into a new way of life, to slowly become more loving, more gracious, more forgiving. Just as God is all of those things for us. Amen.